some housekeeping I want to take care of. Now, now I, you know, every once in a while, I just when I'm getting ready to, to, to share what I have prepared, I just think I just need to just stop a minute. So I'm just going to stop a minute. I want to sit down. <laughs> and I was thinking about this. You know, we, we rarely wait on the Holy Spirit. Um, I try to do it personally, uh, to just take time to wait and be quiet before the Lord. But usually when we come together, silence is kind of uncomfortable in group settings. It's like, what's going to happen next? What's anybody doing? You know, it seems a little goofy at times. But I'm not going to do that this morning. I'm just relaxed. Uh, but what I'm going to talk about today is prayer. But, but we just had a time of welcome, and everybody's walking around shaking hands and talking and being nice to everybody else. But who did you just shake hands with? I mean, not specifically, but who were you just interacting? You were just interacting with royalty. And you never know that the people that you're greeting... First of all, you probably don't know a whole lot about their background and what they've been through or the families that they come from, probably. But you have no idea what God's going to do with them in the future. You ever, do you ever know people from your past that years later they turn out to be somebody? And you never knew it when you were there. You never recognized the fact that they were somebody way back then. I went to school with couple people that ended up being rather significantly good golfers. One fellow was a year younger than me. We used to hang out together once in a while. And uh, back in 2016, he was the um, amateur champion in the United States. He never quite made it into the pros, but he was an amateur champion. And the other person I went to, to school with that I knew sort of was Betsy King. And she was the LPGA champion a number of years. She's in the Ladies Professional Golfing Association Hall of Fame. She was just a girl that played basketball. You know, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? And so when it comes, to, um, when we talk about prayer this morning, and I'll try to do it as quickly as I can, Jesus has a perspective on prayer that we really need to get hold of. <clears throat> because we don't view ourselves properly. We don't view ourselves properly. Just, we're going to look at Luke 11, and I'm going to pray first. <laughs> Jesus, we come before you, and we ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us in this time. We want your words. We want your input. We want you working in this whole situation today as we share your word, your revelation Take the words that are spoken and, and use them however you want. But also, I, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to be speaking to all of us even beyond the words that I speak. By your spirit to our spirit, deep to deep, speak to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Jesus used to go by himself a lot of times and pray. He spent, sometimes he'd pray through the whole night. We have some examples of that in Scripture. But in Luke chapter 11, it says this. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, 
Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. One of them came to him. It wasn't a group of them, and I don't know that they all had a little conference and said, hey, you go ask him, but we all want to know how to pray. But there's at least one that came and said, teach us how to pray. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. And lead us not into temptation. Now, he didn't give that prayer as a model prayer. Say, here, pray this over and over again like robots. Although that's what we've done, isn't it? You know, it's like, okay, let's do the Lord's Prayer. And, and because he, when he finished that, he wasn't finished teaching them. He gave them an example, and then he goes on. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on the journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, I like the way that says that, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So Jesus is trying to give them not a prayer to pray, but an attitude in which to pray, a particular stance to take, and a way to approach it. And it's not like, you know, some people have the attitude that praying is like wishing upon a star, or let's just ask a whole bunch of things and see what he does, or... um, you know, like, like a heavenly slot machine. Let's just put, put our coins in, pull the lever, and see what we get. <laughs> um, Jesus wanted his, his followers to understand that, you know, when you pray, expect answers. Expect things to happen. Expect things to change. He had in mind that results would come from what they, what, from what they spoke. Nearly everything that's in, you, you recognize that this, this version of the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11 is not quite as long as the one in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew is a little longer, and, and so when people do the Lord's Prayer, they combine the two so they get all of it and then some. But if you look at it, at those prayers, and this one in particular in the Greek, that the statements that Jesus makes, the lines that he gives are all imper- in the imperative mode, which means that they're more like commands or their statements of fact they're like they're not questions they're not appeals they're like when you pray praying is praying at times is petition but what jesus is teaching here is make declarative statements be in the imperative mode tell me what you want is what he's saying tell me what you want our father in heaven holy be your name Well, that's just a statement of fact. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's just huge. That's that's something that we've become so familiar with 
that that statement alone, just to think about that, is like way beyond. Give us today our daily bread. It's like, you know, this might be unsettling to some people, like we're going to boss God around. We're going to tell him, tell him what to do. this is Jesus. Teach, forgive us our sins because we're forgiving. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. So when you study scripture, what you find is that what God wants us to do is to understand who we are, who he's called us to be, understanding our role in prayer, understanding what he's about. Um, If you look at at prayer and you study scripture throughout the Bible, what you find is that the only way things happen is if we ask for it. As human beings. The only way God does things. Most of the time. Most of the time. Sometimes he sovereignly acts. But most of the time. The only way he ever does anything. Is if we ask him. Or if we call it down from heaven. Doesn't mean that he can't. You know I have a. I have an issue. Why did Jesus go to the cross? Why did he die? He died to pay for our sins. But he also died to redeem us. God was not happy that he lost all his sons and daughters, and he wanted them back. And he wanted them fully redeemed. He wanted them brought fully back into the calling and the destiny that he designed them for and made us, made us for. And so Jesus died to clear away the sins so that we could become everything that he, he designed for us or, or desires for us to be. And so he gave Adam and Eve dominion over the earth, and because of sin, they lost it. Jesus got it back, went to heaven, and said, now, take authority over the earth. He's given us a position of royalty that what we say goes. So, uh, here's, where, here's where I have my little pet peeve. And, uh, if you have this bumper sticker on your car, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and it's God's in control. Well, yes and no. He's given us authority on earth. Is he in control? No, we are. Sorry, we are. What we say goes. Once in a while, he'll sovereignly step in, but he waits for us to ask. He waits for us to make declaration. He waits for us to partner with him. He can, but he won't. We can't without him. He won't without us. And so he's waiting for us to make declarations and to say, this is what we want. This is, this is what we see. If God, listen, if God's in control, he's terrible at controlling things. Right? I mean, there, nothing. I, I'm sorry, but if God's in control, he needs to tighten the strings a little bit. Because it's a mess out. I don't know if you've noticed it, but it's a mess out there. Isn't it? Okay. So so what's the deal? He, he, He redeemed us so that we could partner with him to see things straightened out. But he wants us to be involved. And so when he tells us to pray, he wants us to make declarations. He wants us to pray declarative things. He wants to be... He wants us to say, this is what we see. This is what we want changed. And we go after it. Um, And it's an amazing place that he's given us to be. Uh, It's amazing that he gives us that kind of 
He's given us that kind of responsibility. And unfortunately, I think most of us, most of us, most of the body of Christ, are too timid to realize the place that he's given us and to go after what we need to go after and to make the kind of declarations that we should and say, this, is, this isn't right. He wants us to look at places where there's damages and brokenness and there's sin and destruction and speak life into those places, into those areas. To love people because people are trapped in sin. You know, it's, it's, it's so easy for us to get mad at sinners because it seems like they're so stupid. Did I just say that? Yeah, I did. Okay. But the problem, the problem for them is that people who are trapped in sin can't see that they're blinded. They, can't, they don't know. They, their perspective that they see looks really good to them because their, their view is not full-orbed like it should be for those who have been redeemed, that have been set apart, that have been sanctified, that have been set free from sin. And so we need to have compassion for people. But anyway, we, God wants us to see the destruction, the pain, the hurt, and all that, and go after it and pray. Make declarations, godly declarations, imperative mode. This is what we want. This is what we want. This is what we want. And it's as if God has given us a wad of bills. You know what prayer is? Prayer is a tremendous opportunity. It's like a bank account. He's given us a wad of bills. It's like currency we get to spend. What are you investing your currency in? What are you investing that money in? What are you doing with the prayer opportunity that God's given you? Are you investing it in good things? Or are you just kind of let it sit in the bank? I hope that it gains interest there. Prayer is something that, that God is a, is a weapon that he wants us to use. It's something that he wants us to go really go aggressively for uh, and, and pray in certain ways so that things change. God wants us to be the ones who make the declaration of change in our culture, in the world around us. God's in control only to, I just thought of this, and I don't know if it's right, so maybe next week I'll recant, but it just came to my head right now, so I'm going to share. God's in control on earth to the degree that he has control of us, and we're cooperating with him in his will, because he releases his power through his people. He releases his influence through his people. He releases his kingdom authority through his people as we yield to him and we speak forth now some people say well geez i don't want to i don't want to pray anything out of god's will you know what if i declare something that's out of his will you know and he's probably up in heaven going gosh i really don't want to do this but he's asking so well it doesn't work that way and most of the time people that are praying and really praying and praying God has a way of bringing us into alignment with his will, so we do pray the right things if we're really seeking him. So don't worry about that. The other thing is that some people worry about us. I'm asking too big. You just need to get rid of that. Our biggest problem as believers is that our prayers are too small. We don't think, we don't think large enough because we limit we, we limit 
God to our ability, not to his ability. And, and so, I mean, when you think of it, if I told you that God has given you a wad of bills, <clears throat> it's your currency that you can spend in prayer, you know, how big is your wad that you're thinking about? How many bills are in it? Is it not... I'd like to think it's not a wad like this, but it's a it's a wad like this. Rolling it. <laughs> How long would it take you to spend it? We don't ask because we don't believe that we have any influence or have limited influence. And we and, and we've got to get that of our, out of our heads because it's not it's it's how many times have I said this? It's not about us; it's about him, and it's about what he purchased for us and what he wants to see accomplished, and how he wants to work through us. And so we need to speak. We need to speak. We need to pray. <clears throat> There's a cartoon of somebody on their knees praying and. Uh, Gee, I hope I don't offend anybody here either. Um. <laughs> oh, Lord. Here's somebody praying on their knees. It's a cartoon, okay? I just come to you today, Lord. Just just come to just ask you, Lord. Uh, to Lord, just help me today. And I just, um, I just want to please you, Lord. Just... Uh, just I just I just want to count for you to do the things I I just want to do your will and I just ask Lord that as I just kneel here Lord you just now that Lord you would just just help me to quit saying just so much <laughs> Now that's funny but part of the truth of that whole thing is that sometimes that we feel so intimidated or not worthy to come before God to ask or to, to say or to make demands or to say and we need to get past that there, can't, there shouldn't be any intimidation okay We're, I'm, I'm gonna that story that Jesus told was let's suppose there's a man and he has a friend come to his house, and he has no food, so he goes to his neighbor, and he knocks on the door and says, give me three loaves of bread. And the neighbor says, it's midnight. We're already in bed. Go away. And so he knocks again and says, I need three loaves of bread. And, and it says that even though he wouldn't give bread because they're friends, because of his shameless audacity, he'll give it to him. What does that mean? Now, listen, get this point. Because one of the things that we hear, and Jesus even taught this other times, that we need to persist in prayer. But that's not what he's saying here. Matter of fact, some translations will even say that, persevere, because of his perseverance. But that's not what the word means. Shameless audacity or his boldness. What Jesus was saying is, even though he wouldn't give bread to his friend because he was a friend, he gave it to him because he was bold in his request. Listen, do you hear that? He got it because he was boldly asking for something. In other words, <laughs> in other words, that's what God is waiting for. 
That's what Jesus is waiting for. He's waiting for bold requests. When's the last time you made a bold request? When's the last time you made a a bold prayer? I mean, an audacious prayer. Do I need to define that term? I can't. I don't know what it means. It just sounds good. (laughs) Over the top, off the chain, just bold prayer. You know, sometimes we talk about seeing a city transformed. And, and many of us are pressing into that kind of a thing or, or conquering one of the seven mountains of culture, whether it's arts and entertainment or government, and we think, oh, man, that's way beyond help. You know what? God loves bold prayers. So, so get the picture. Here's the picture. Jesus is praying, and one of his disciples comes to him and says, teach us to pray. So Jesus makes some declarations, and then teaches them. They say, you know what kind of prayers get, get answered? Bold ones. Bold ones. I don't know that I've heard too many teachings that way, have you? Bold prayers. And so I just want to challenge you today. Boldness in prayer. Whatever, whatever you have to do in your own thinking about yourself and who you are, whatever you have to do to clear away any junk or debris to think that you're not worthy to come into the throne, before the throne, and to make your requests and to declare statements this is what i want okay you don't believe me just try it for give yourself a time just okay when i pray i'm just going to make declarations i'm not going to ask i'm not going to say lord would you do this for me but i'm going to say this is what i want lord this is what i want i want this i want this i want this because it's going to expand your kingdom I want to see this happen. I want to see this changed. And then be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has a way of shaping and directing our prayers when we take a step of faith. He may even use you to do something different and get involved. And we've taught declarative prayer. We've taught that. We've talked about declaring the word, just finding a scripture and just speaking it out over and over again. But I wanted to emphasize it again. Every once in a while, we need a reminder. We can, we can it, I think that sometimes I don't make everybody mad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sometimes when we can pray, when we pray, we can sound like we're little ch- church mice, afraid of everything. Like, oh Lord, would you? Um, woe is me. You ever do a woe is me? I mean, that happens once in a while. But you ever do woe is me prayer? 
I've been in those kind of settings and I've heard those kinds of prayers and I feel like shouting, would you just stand up and declare what you want? (laughs) Just say it. If God spoke and the worlds were created, they came into being by the power of his words and were created in his image, then there's a power that we have in the words that we speak to bring to pass the very things that we say. It's part of our calling, especially since we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we ought to be declaring good things all the time. We ought to be praying bold prayers all the time. We should be going out and going for things all the time. Used to wonder what Jesus prayed about all night. Used to wonder how he knew what time it was. How did they know what time it was back then? He didn't have a cell phone. Didn't have a watch. He didn't have a clock. Could you imagine staying up all night to pray, not knowing what time it was? Can anybody do that? This is just one of my tangents that I go off on. It just has nothing to do with anything other than that we would be looking at our clocks and thinking, oh, I've got three more hours to go. But what did he pray about? He was making declarations. He wanted to see things happen. And he was listening to the Spirit's voice and listening to what his father had to say. He was getting revelation as well. But when his disciples asked him, how do you... How do you teach us to pray like you do? That's what he told them. So, there is a real need for the body of Christ to renew the commitment to pray and to pray according to the way that Jesus taught us to pray. With an aggressive, bold stance, with a confident stance, with understanding who he's called us to be, who he's made us to be, understanding our position before him, and that that he actually likes those kinds of prayers. That's what he likes. Let's pray. What? Okay. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the things that you teach. Thank you for the way that you open up our eyes to Scripture. Thank you that, I thank you, Lord, that that there can be Scripture that we've read over and over again. We've heard it taught over and over again, and you bring new revelation, you bring new understanding, and you bring new way of us seeing it so that it actually changes things for us so that we can walk before you in a, in a greater capacity to see your kingdom revealed, to see your kingdom come, to see your will done, to see your power released, to see your glory in new levels and new ways. And so, Lord, we just, we, we, we confess that we've been lax in the whole area of prayer. We confess that we haven't prayed because we don't, well, sometimes we don't feel like it makes any difference. Or sometimes we feel like we're swinging 
we're swinging in the air, swinging our arms in the air and not connecting. And we've believed lies. You can come up. You can stand up front. I'll just stay away from you. Or, I mean, not run into, I mean, not run into you. <laughs> Lord, do what you need to in us. Even this time, as we come to worship, as we come to celebrate and praise your name, 